be in the house of the Lord and fellowship together. Um, just as a word, I know that, that many of you, much like myself, are glad to be here after a stint of some kind of sickness. Uh, I know that I've heard from many folks this week who've been battling different illnesses and that kind of thing. So uh, I see you here, and we're glad that you're here to worship. I'm glad I'm here to worship together today. I want to ask you to grab your bulletin this morning, and I'm going to draw our attention to a couple of announcements. Um, if you will look on the insert, this is just a reminder uh, about our Relay for Life emphasis, and you can read up on that. And on the back side of that, there are some important activities to note. want to remind the children and parents that next Sunday after church, there will be a, a pizza lunch for you. So please make plans to attend that. want to um, let you know that tonight we will continue our spiritual growth session in the Lighthouse at 5 p.m. So that has been a great time, and I know you'll want to be a part of that. I don't remember who it is tonight, but I can tell you that everyone that we've had has been good. So um, I know that that'll be something that you don't want to miss. I uh, want to notice on the bottom, on the back of your bulletin, this, is af- this afternoon you will have a chance to personally welcome Bonnie Dowdy home. And by home, I know that she can say she has a home. <laughs> and she is very grateful for that. I know she appreciates the prayers and the support that she's had. And you'll have the opportunity to share that with her and also uh, bring a gift card, if possible, to share with her uh, to, help, to help her out. So we're just glad to, to have, her, have her here in Bowling Springs. This time, I'm going to recognize Keith. We have been doing uh, blood pressures this month. We thank our parish nurse committee for taking care of that. And everyone who uh, had their blood pressure taken this week uh, or this month is in in for the drawing of the bags, and I'm going to turn that over to him. Good morning. I'd like to thank the... uh, You guys can come on up. This is Bella and Caden. They're going to help me draw a name here in just a moment. If you guys will just hang out right there for just one second. Um, the uh, parish nurse committee has uh, coordinated uh, blood pressure checks every Sunday before Sunday school. Uh, many of you uh, have your name in these bags up here, and uh, Jean and Sherry Cox's uh, grandchildren are going to uh, draw a name here this morning. So we, without any further ado, I'm assuming the red bag is maybe the men's bag. And so, Caden, uh, if you want to draw a name out of there. Hamrick. Cliff Hamrick. Is he here this morning? He's not here this morning. He's not here this morning. So we'll that goes to Cliff Hamrick, so we'll give that bag to him. And now remind me? Bella, that's right. Bella, if you'll draw the lady's name out. Teresa White. Teresa White. <laughs> All right. Here's the. This one does say. This one says female. There is a note in your bulletin about the importance of uh, having your blood pressure checks and uh, other warning signs to notice, and so please note that on your bulletin this morning. At this time, I'm going to ask Doug to come up and share a missions moment. It says Barbara, but uh, this is this is Doug. Let's give our volunteers a hand. As Keith so astutely observed, I am not Barbara Dawkins. Uh, 
In fact, uh, there was just a mix-up, and I told Barbara that I would be filling in for her today So uh, when we discovered this. But anyway, it's wonderful to, uh, to be with you, and I want to start off by saying you have to be careful in life because if you learn to read, your life might be changed. And I suspect all of you in the room are readers and to an older generation, I'm going to hold up a book that maybe some of you learned to read with. It's called We Look and See with Dick and Jane. Do any of you remember those characters? Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, bless, those, bless those hands. I see them out there. Uh, and then you might progress to We Work and Play. There's a nice little picture of Dick that uh, he's painting and then we have uh, Jane here with We Come and Go. Reading can change your life. Well, about four or five years ago, I was doing some reading. I read in a uh, mission magazine about the need for teachers in Bucharest, Romania, to uh, train and to educate some Roma or gypsy pastors. And so I did not know anyone in that part of the world. But I emailed where they said to email and began to have conversation. And as a result of that, I'm, um, I have made two trips to uh, Romania. One, I worked with the Gypsy uh, Smith School, the pastor's school. And then several years ago, I took a group of nurses to Bucharest, and we worked with uh, the, uh, the Ruth School. And the Ruth School provides Christian education for grades K through, through 8. And uh, I think some of you, or at least I, I think that's the, correct, that some of you have actually adopted some of those children and given money. And we as a church, in our budget, give $400 a year which supports one pastor to go for three times during the year to this school. Well, this coming Thursday, I'll be leaving, and during spring break, I will be teaching at the Roma Pastor School. Um, I will be teaching the same material, a little bit modified, that I did in our adult vacation Bible school, for those of you who were a part of that experience. When we read... Our lives can change. When we read Holy Scripture, our lives can change. As we see what are those things we should be about, and we discover what it means to be about the Father's business. And the Father's business is much broader, it's more uh, expansive than any of us could first imagine. In my trip, uh, uh, that I've made twice there, I've learned a couple of things. I just want to share one, well, actually both of them with you this morning, just, just in a moment. But one that I learned very importantly is the importance of giving. And while I, I think I've been committed to giving, particularly to uh, the food pantry, when I saw what those people do, my commitment was renewed. In fact, for a long time, I used to say, anytime you bring your Bible to church, you should bring a can of food with you to share, because that is part of the gospel story. 
And some of you are aware that uh, in my Bible that I have all these little tabs. Well, I put these tabs in it uh, about four years ago when I was teaching there to remind, so that I could have a quick reference to that part of the Bible because they knew the Bible probably better than I did in terms of their memorization. So I had this to help me get to that reference. But also that reminds me of the needs of that group of people. And uh, there are special people all over the world. And we have an opportunity, I think this morning, we're going to collect the, uh, the uh, offering for WMU and other kinds of things we have all during the week. But if we read and if we keep our eyes open and if we listen, we will see opportunities that may come and we may be the one to walk and to serve. And I would appreciate your prayers for, for travel and for the interactions that I will have. And may God bless each of us as we try to learn where we should go and where we should work and we should learn to pray and to play. Thank you.
This morning, our, our first hymn is um, in your bulletin. The words are in your bulletin. And during this hymn, we have the opportunity to worship in two ways. We have the opportunity to worship with our voices and with our gifts. And um, some of the young ladies with the, um, with the GAs are here with baskets to take um, your special offerings this morning as we sing. Please stand as we sing, Here I Am to Worship. seeing all these smiling faces and shirts and plaid shirts everywhere. Grady's got on all kinds of stuff on his racing truck uh, jacket. How many of you are, when you go outside in the dark, sometimes you fall over something when it's really dark? I know, sometimes it's kind of scary too, isn't it? But you know what? There's something I do 
when I go out late at night to walk my dog, who sometimes is very temperamental, I carry a flashlight. Trusty flashlight. Always works. Always has light. And today, on the front of our bulletin, it says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have light of life. Who gives us light? God does. That's right. God gives us light. Does he ever take it away? No. He never takes it away. It's always there. It's always for us. We don't have to stumble in the dark. We don't have to stumble over problems because he's there. And God gave us somebody, too, to help with that light. And who was that? Jesus. That's right. He gave us Jesus. And Jesus is our everlasting light. When I was talking about my flashlight, later on, there's a Pastor Keith has got a flashlight that's about zillion times bigger than mine that he's going to use in his little sermon. But see, this is my favorite flashlight. But before I ever use it, I need some protection because the light that it shines is so bright and so shiny. Oops. Let me see. I have to put on my trusty glasses. You like my glasses? All right, we're going to turn on my flashlight. It doesn't work. Help me. Can you help me there? What am I going to do? It's my trusty flashlight. Oh, my goodness. There's no batteries in my trusty flashlight. So I guess tonight, when I go out to walking, I won't have any help, will I? Who's going to be with me tonight when I walk in the dark? God. Jesus. And you know what? He never goes away. He doesn't have to have a battery to make him shine. Because his light shines on us forever and ever and ever. So we're not going to be trusting my flashlight. And I don't glass I leave my trusty sunglasses either. So just remember, you always have the light. It's always there. You'll never stumble. You'll never fall. If you trust in God and you trust in Jesus. So let us pray. Jesus, you are the light of our life. Just as these children are the light of our lives. The light that keeps this church alive. Just as you do. Precious in your sight. We thank you for this church. We thank you for this absolutely gorgeous day. Keep us safe and watch over us as we are your children. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now I invite the first through fourth to meet me at the door. We'll continue to celebrate the light of Jesus this morning by singing hymn number 579, Shine, Jesus, Shine. Please stand as we sing.
Before I pray this morning, let me remind you of just a few people we need to be mindful of. Continue to remember Bob Blackburn as he continues to make slow and steady progress. Um, also, uh, over the last few days, Larry McIntyre entered hospital at Shelby for congestive heart failure. And uh, he is back at home as of yesterday and doing better, but they drain fluid and, and, and things are improving there. Doris has also struggled with the flu, and so they would very much appreciate uh, our prayers and thoughts right now. Let's continue to remember Wilda Perrin. Um, also, John Cannon, who had knee surgery earlier in the week. Uh, be mindful of him. He is recovering now in South Carolina at a family member's home. And you have others that you are mindful of, and there may be others that should be mentioned this morning. But um, be mindful of those that are on your heart and mind this morning as we go now to the Lord in prayer. Pray with me. Father, what a beautiful Sunday morning you have blessed us with to come and to worship you. Not only beautiful outside but with the weather, but beautiful on the inside with your spirit. Uh, Lord, we're thankful for the songs sung and the prayers prayed and, and the scripture read. Lord, for your word as it will be preached in just a few more moments. Lord, we anticipate what you're, what you're going to continue to do as we worship you this morning. Our hearts are heavy towards those whose names we have mentioned this morning. We ask for your love and grace to be extended to them as they heal and as they uh, deal with different physical issues. Father, we recognize this morning that there are many in this place today that struggle with uh, some uh, family issues or with children or our spouse or with uh, family members. Father, we pray that they would look to you and you would meet them in the midst of their need this day. Father, it's amazing what can happen in your people when we come together and together as one fix our attention upon you. Lord, that is our desire this morning and we pray that as we do that and as we leave this place, as we've already referenced light, that we would be that light that you have called us to be in the midst of our world that many times chooses to walk in darkness. Help us to be that light. Help us to be that light through kind words, through kind actions, through generosity, through forgiveness, and through other ways to demonstrate love to those whom we work with, those whom we relate with in our homes, and those whom we see within our community. Father, thank you for what you're doing here. Continue to lead us and guide us and inspire us to do even greater things for your kingdom. Lord, it's not about any one person here, but Father, it's all about you. So we pray that, uh, Lord, that this light that you give us would be reflected again to our world and that you would receive glory for all the good that happens in this place today. Father, we love you. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, and it's in his name we pray. Amen. It's, there's arguably two important events in a Christian's life. One is that time of being saved or seeing the light. And the other is when we leave to meet Jesus. We're going to sing two songs that celebrate those two things. And they're songs that, if you know them, everybody likes. But it's more than that. So if you would... Make it a worshipful experience and enjoy it. Thank you. Life filled with sin, I would let my dear Savior in. 
Singing praise the Lord, he is the light. Sing it with me. Singing praise the Lord, he is the light. You sounded good. Thank you.
how in the world am I supposed to follow that? <laughs> Before I say a, a word of prayer this morning, I wanted to let you all know that uh, our youth group went on a winter retreat this past weekend. We got back about 9.30 last night. Uh, we went to Blowing Rock and stayed at the Blowing Rock Conference Center. We had 21 youth. We had 26 people total who went and stayed there Friday night. And then yesterday we went snow tubing at the, the Jonas Ridge Snow Tubing Park. Uh, we had some, some fun and crazy games yesterday afternoon. Uh, and then we had dinner last night and then came back. Uh, we had a great trip. Uh, I, I joked this morning, um, but in all seriousness, uh, we came back with the same amount that we left with. And that's my goal. <laughs> So I want to say thank you to Mary. Uh, She cooked our food for us this weekend, and she did a great job. I want to say thank you to Celeste, to Zach, to Debbie uh, for for going with us as as chaperones. I also want to thank Elena Bryson and Buster for letting us use their vehicle so we could could get there this weekend. Uh, But we had a great time, and we we were glad to, to be able to do that this weekend. I invite you to pray with me this morning. Father, we come to you this morning with grateful hearts. We're grateful for a church where we can come and we can worship you freely. Father, we're thankful for those who lead in this church, for the the many people who, who bring so much to your kingdom. Father, for all of us who have who each have gifts. Father, I pray that as we we come to this point of our worship, that we would open up our hearts to find the gifts that we would offer to you. Father, whether it be through money, whether it be through our time or our efforts or our talents, I pray that this morning and that through the rest of this week and through the rest of our days, that we would offer that money, those talents, that we would offer them to you. God, that we would offer them to you in order to glorify you, to praise you, and to build up your kingdom. Father, as we continue to worship you this morning, may our worship be pleasing to you. May we seek you in our lives, and may we seek your will for each of us, and that we would give back to you in any way that we can. Father, we love you, and we thank you for the many blessings that you give to us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.
Hinkle. Atlanta has been leading the handbell team for some time, and they certainly sounded wonderful. And uh, this weekend was a big weekend uh, for many who love handbells. They were in Shelby at the LeGrand Center, and some of you may have went yesterday uh, to that concert at 2 o'clock, but I'm, I'm, I'm hearing good things from that weekend. I heard everybody had a good time. Uh, I don't know how many services or churches in Cleveland County, maybe zero, have banjo music and handbells in the same Sunday morning. <laughs> Uh, but we're trying to make that work here at Bowling Springs this morning. We are a diverse lot. We are an eclectic group, and so I hope that is uh, exemplified in the musical styles that you have heard this morning. John, verses 1 through 9, and then we'll also look at 8, 12, and and 9, 5 that are in your uh, bulletin this morning. We'd love for you to follow along and keep this marked as we come back to it in just a moment. John chapter 1. Verses 1 through 9. I may pause just a couple times as we, as we read through it, but the first three words I think we recognize from Genesis 1, verse 1. But John starts out very intentionally, in the beginning was the Word. And let me stop there. He says later in verse 14, he explains who the Word is. He said, the Word became flesh. So let's keep that in mind of who that might be. I think we know. Jesus, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things came into being through him. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. There was the true light, which was coming into the world that enlightens every man. And if you'll flip over to chapter 8, verse 12. Jesus was in the temple when he said these words. Then again, then Jesus again spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness but will have the light of life. The next chapter, 9, verse 5, we're not going to look at all the passages. These are just a few where Jesus referenced himself as being the light of the world. But chapter 9, verse 5, Jesus once again says, While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. May God add his blessing to the reading, the hearing, and the preaching of his word this morning.
Thank you, Roger, Choir, and Cheryl. If you have your Bibles there, you can, again, keep them open. Uh, today, I'm beginning a new sermon series. It's kind of odd that you would do that the last Sunday of a month, but that just happens to be the case today. But um, the sermon series is called Jesus According to Jesus. Who did Jesus say that he was? What was his account of who he said he was? And so, uh, Jesus According to Jesus, a look at the I Am sayings of Christ. I believe we have around seven uh, in John, and then we have the I am the Alpha and the Omega, which is in Revelation. But we're going to be looking for the next several weeks leading up to Easter. And of course, on Easter Sunday, we're going to look to Jesus when he said, I am the resurrection and the life. And so I'm excited about uh, over these next few weeks as we prepare and lead in to Easter Sunday. Uh, I've shared in an article this week in our newsletter that this season of Lent, this season of preparation for Easter is one of the greatest times uh, that people are open, uh, stories tell us, and I think we could give testimony to that, that people are open uh, to visit if they are unchurched or without, you know, n- maybe inactive, and uh, they're, they're more open to, to come back to church at this time of the year. So I want to challenge you as a church to join me, and just being mindful of that as you interact with people each day, whether it's where you work or uh, just family or whoever it may be, to invite them to come and join us. I can't promise bells and banjo playing every Sunday, uh, leading up to Easter, but uh, we do look forward to having some good services uh, as we make these preparations for Easter Sunday. The, the question that I want to pose at the beginning of the sermon today is if we learn something distinct from each of Jesus's I am statements, then what do we learn about Jesus when he said, I am the light of the world? Jesus was the master communicator. I think we all know that. Uh, he knew his audience well. And in uh, chapter 8, verse 12, he's speaking from the temple. We know that from back in verse 2, before he addressed the woman who had been caught in the act of adultery he, uh, and wrote in the sand there. But it, the scriptures tells us that he was, that he was in the temple. Um, the setting of verse 12 uh, springs forth from the happenings each evening at the temple. Each night during the Feast of Tabernacles, they would light huge lamps in the temple courts where they would celebrate, and some would sing and dance, and some would hold their own uh, lanterns or their own uh, torches with, with flames, if you will. And there was a glow over Jerusalem. And into this context, Jesus says, he declares to the people, I am the light of the world. Put yourself back in the crowd, if you will, if you'll join me in doing this, and listening to Jesus say to the people of that day, I am the light of the world. In those days, light was scarce, apart from from the sun. Uh, If you didn't have your torch or if you, you know, there were no power plants, no no Duke power that I'm aware of, no solar panels, you know, there were no generators, there was no batteries, you know. Uh, Of course, we didn't have those this morning, did we, in our flashlight. Um, But uh, again, light apart from the sun was was scarce. She mentioned uh, being in a dark place. This week, as um, the, the guys, I don't know if you guys noticed, and I didn't, I didn't ask them, but Roger and I in the, in the office this week kind of affectionately, we had to come up with a name, and you guys are spread out now in the, the banjo group here this morning, but we affectionately, I hope nobody said anything, but we affectionately gave ourselves the name the Broad River Gang. I don't know if any of you noticed that. Um, I, I told Roger, we can't, I said, I don't know who all will actually be there that morning. I know of several for sure, but I said, we got people coming and going, and Josh Guffey was going to play, and, and, and Roger, thank you for filling in on the, on the box there that you were playing. 
But uh, we, we called ourselves the, the Broad, River, Broad River Gang. But as we were practicing this week, let me get back to the sermon. As we are practicing this week, uh, I didn't know where the light switch was. And somebody needs to show me. For the office hall on that end, I know where it is on this end. But I couldn't find it on that end. And I thought, I'm just going to have a little fun here. And I had my sermon in my mind, too. And, uh, and I said, I'm just going to go. I'm going to walk down this dark hall. And luckily, I didn't trip over anything. But what I did was I couldn't see anything. My eyes hadn't adjusted yet to what little light there was. And so I just kind of took my hand down the, down the hall. And there was one Kerygma classroom door. There was the other one. And then there was my office door. So I felt my way to the handle, put the key in it, and was able to. And I did the same thing, you know, going out. But uh, if you're in a dark room, and let me just say this as a parent, and some of you I may can get an amen from, if you have little kids that play with Legos, if you walk in a dark room and they have not picked up that Legos, I have heard that pain described as that of maybe a woman in labor. I mean, it is, okay, all right, maybe I went a little too far there. But um, it is, it's bad. When you step on one of those little Lego pieces, especially if they have a, sh- a sharp point, you know, that went in something that didn't quite pick up all, can I get an amen from any parents out there? Um, but man, they hurt. Woo! So the importance of light, the importance of just a little bit of light goes a long, long way. Each statement when Jesus said throughout John, I am the light of the world. Some of the people there may have thought of these things. They may have thought of um, Moses at the burning bush. Their thoughts could have went back to flashes of lightning when Moses received the Ten Commandments. It could have been uh, on Mount Sinai there. Maybe the, the pillar of fire that guided the Israelites at night. Maybe God's glory when it shone down on the tabernacle. Maybe it was light from the stars that we often hear referenced in Scripture. Jesus connected to his audience when he said, I am the light of the world. Again, the Gospel of John refers to Jesus as the light on more than one occasion. Light is essential to all of life. We need it. Plants need it. Animals need it. It was essential at creation, and it is essential now for humanity, practically and spiritually. If we don't have the light, the Bible tells us that we walk in darkness. If we learn something distinct from each of Jesus' I am statements, what do we learn when Jesus said, I am the light of the world? I want to mention just a few things quickly this morning. Number one is he guides. I needed some light to guide me down the hall. I didn't know where that light switch was, and maybe after church today I can, I can locate that in the light. But um, the light of Christ guides us. Light helps us with direction down a dark street or in a room. Jesus said, he who follows me will not walk in darkness. Recently, a group of guys were out at, um, I saw Justin Webb back there. We were out at Justin's house, and we were having some hot dogs. This was back last fall. And uh, the nighttime, we were having such a good time out there at this little place on his property. The, the night kind of slipped up on us fairly quickly. And what I knew I needed to do, I didn't have a light, but somebody else did. And so I didn't have a flashlight. Somebody else had a phone. I think it was the light on their phone. So I followed behind the person who had the light. And I stayed what? I stayed close behind them. Um, because I can see, and I think I can remember things at least for two or three seconds of where things are that I might need to avoid. So, you know, the, the light... And and light in general guides us, and the light of Christ certainly guides us. Psalm speaks of the word of God being a lamp and a light for our path. Are you and I allowing the light of Christ to guide our decisions as we walk this journey of life? So not only does light guide us, but light protects us. Uh, I've had friends that have worked both in Walmart and in Target, and I don't know if you've noticed this. Now, Target, you have to go a little further to Spartanburg or Gastonia, we found out, to, to visit our favorite store. But um, when we're in Target, the lights 
are, are so much brighter. And I was told by people who work there, their security is much tighter as well. So light not only guides us, but it protects us. When the brighter the store is, the less opportunity there is to, uh, you know, for, for there to be some uh, stealing or theft. And so uh, in Walmart, and I've even been told that at, at Target, the parking lots are brighter uh, than they are at Walmart as well. So it guides, it protects, it also reveals when we are cleaning. Um, uh, you know, I, I've had eye trouble. Some of you have heard me talk about this, but, but when I'm doing something, maybe reading really small print, and I'm standing up here, I have these with me in case I need to put them on, but I have some large notes in front of me. Uh, so, but, but if I'm looking at small text or if I just need something, you know, glasses will help me. But if I have really bright light, it helps illumine whatever it is that I'm looking at. And it helps me, it, it reveals what is there. Um, if you're cleaning, you, you don't like to do that, most likely, in, in a dark environment. You turn the lights on bright, you open up the windows, you want to see where the dust and the dirt is, and you want to go after it. But light reveals what, what is around us. Nicodemus, in John 3.20, says, as he, again, came to Jesus at night there in John 3, but later in John chapter 3, he says, everyone who hates evil does not come to the light, for fear his deeds will be exposed. Light reveals what is hidden. So it guides, it protects, it reveals, and it also attracts. I don't know how many of you have ever been uh, in a community or in a city, or you're driving into a big city, and all of a sudden you just see a stadium lit up, and you just, you, 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 can't, you can't turn away from it. You're just, you, you know, you, you could try to, you focused on where you're going, but you keep, what's going on over there? I'd like to know what, what, what's going on over there. But light, is, it, it attracts us. If you come into church and you see that our lights are on a certain part of the building, um, you want to know what's going on there. And it, there's something about that that attracts you, especially if you know that your event may be happening there. You're drawn to that room. People, you and I should attract others to God. There should be something about the light and the countenance and the radiance uh, from us uh, that, that is attracting other people to him. And the last thing that I want to mention is we reflect his light in us. Jesus is the source of the light, but yet we are to reflect his light. Um, if you'll bear with me for one moment. I have some helpers in the balcony. I don't have my microphone on, so I'm going to try to stand here and hold this. This is a mirror that was in our home when we arrived, and so it's being put to good use this morning. But... If my helper in the balcony could uh, uh, get this huge flashlight that Ellen referenced earlier up there. Thank you, Alex Hastings. But, um, you know, I, I don't, Terry or Betsy, I don't, I don't know. Did you say that you gave this to Terry or he gave it to you? Where is she at? Is she? So Betsy, Betsy is the owner of this flashlight up here in the balcony this morning. But um, if, if you'll notice, sorry guys, <laughs> people are already going like this. Um, but again, we are not the source of the light, but we reflect the light. If you could shine that light on this mirror right here, please. Um, and I'm sorry if I'm blinding anyone already, but uh, let me step over here. But if you'll notice, well, well, let's find it. There we go. There it is on the ceiling. You'll see the light as, as, as it is reflected. But if you'll notice, as I move the mirror away from the light, eventually... Eventually it fades out. Well, we've got light coming down from up here. So, um, But as, as Christians, thank you, Alex. Appreciate that. Um, I knew you would have some fun with that big light up there. <laughs> but uh, 
you know, if as, as believers, we should be focused towards the light. What will happen in your life and in mine if we continue to go about our own way and maybe in, in, a, in a darker path? Uh, we're simply not going to reflect the light uh, as, as Christ would have us to. Also, if, if there's sin, if there are things that, if, if I were to put some wax or put a, put a screen on this mirror this morning, it's simply, we might have some reflection, but the reflection would not be as true and would not be as bright with just a clear mirror that I tried to wipe off to make it a little clearer this morning. But uh, sometimes there are things in our lives that can hinder us from being the, the light that Christ has asked us to be. Um, Paul discussed this idea in his letter to the Ephesians, calling believers light and telling us to walk as children of light in Ephesians 5.8. In other words, Paul wanted us to imitate God by imitating God's Son. Matthew 5.16, many of you know this verse by heart, but it talks about letting your light shine before men that they may see your good works. Philippians 2.15 talks about a crooked generation in which we appear as lights in the world, lights in the midst of darkness. 1 John 1 9 says that if we have, that if we will confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we have things in our lives that are hindering that reflection to be as bright and as, and as, and as um, beneficial as it could be or as, as much of a, a bright as a light in, in the midst of our dark world, there may be some things on our mirror. Are we, are we looking away from the source of the light, for one? And the next thing we should ask, is there sin in our life? Is there things that simply don't line up and the light of Christ is not as strong and as bright as it could be in our lives? As a congregation, if we as members of the body of Christ fix our attention on him, the light, can you imagine what that light would look like for this community and for our world? Think of those others who can come to Christ and help others experience Christ in more personal ways. I came across the story this week that says, A weary traveler arrived at the French village of Daubes on Sunday evening at twilight and found people hurrying through the streets to church, each carrying a bronze lamp. A villager explained, We have no other way of lighting the church. In 1550, when the church was built, the mayor of the village decided that each member should bring his own lamp. Everyone goes there to make it brighter. For he knows that if he stays away, the church will be darker and the service sadder. When he entered the church, the traveler saw that on every pew was a place to hang the lighted lamp. As the church gradually filled, the cumulative effect of the multitude of lighted lamps was startling. The whole building was illuminated with a soft radiance, indescribably beautiful and impressive. My hope for you is that, and, and for me, is that we can let our light shine individually. We can come together as people of light. And may our light collectively be the bright light that this community needs. May you and I be willing to lay aside, as Hebrew talks about, every sin, everything that hinders, that might prevent this light from shining. And look to the source of all light and ask his forgiveness, if that forgiveness is needed. We are, be, we are to be lights in the midst of a dark world. We are to be lights in the midst of the generation that prefers to walk in darkness. If you're like me, you don't like watching the news. I'd rather see the news on my, on my phone or tablet or computer. That way I can choose what I want to, maybe that's not so good, but I can choose what I want to read about. But we know that there's darkness out there. You don't have to watch the evening news that certainly likes to highlight that darkness. 
But you and I are called to be light in the midst of our darkness. Let us look to the light. Let us spend time in the light that you and I may truly reflect the light of Christ in our homes, in our community, and in our world. Father, I thank you for this day. What a joyous day it's been to celebrate your light, to, to meditate, to think about your light, to sing about it. Father, help us. Help it to not just be some good feelings and some good fun songs and, and a good sermon where we can, the pastor can hold up a mirror, but Father, help us to, to think. Lord, help us to do some personal inventory about how your light is reflected in and through our lives. Lord, forgive us for how we um, have fallen short, how we sometimes prefer darkness rather than light. And Lord, lead us to walk in closer communion with you. Father, bless each one here this day. If there's one here today that, that needs to come to the light today, maybe they've been living in darkness, maybe there's a dark area that needs confession this morning, I pray that they would feel the freedom to talk with you, whether it's here at the altar or in their own pew as we sing this morning. Lord, if there are others here who would like to join with the body of Boiling Springs, I pray that you would lead them in that way. Father, may you have your way. We thank you for being the light. And Lord, help us to truly reflect that this day. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our hymn of invitation is hymn number 310. Please stand as we sing. Mm -hmm. 